0: Five, four, three, two,
1: one. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out?
0: The Galactic Dads Podcast. A podcast by Geeky Dads, talking about all things geek. Dad life. I
1: am And beyond. Language. All right. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Thanks for joining me here at 6 a.m. to get a podcast in. I really appreciate it. That's how dad schedules go. Uh, But I wanted to make sure we got in our thoughts on the new Batman movie early while it was still kind of fresh. Um, We saw it in a fan-first viewing in IMAX on March 1st, which was awesome. Uh, So we got to see a lot of really cool stuff before the spoilers start hitting Twitter, which is where I saw a lot of stuff spoiled already. But we'll keep this review for us pretty light on spoilers just in case you guys haven't seen the movie yet Uh, but I was there I was joined by laser Eric and Jedi John and I'm joined by them today good morning gentlemen
2: good morning
1: good morning as well take turns sipping coffee I don't know what John's doing he's just (laughs) raw dogging life over there no coffee at all
0: quite literally raw dogging it (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> alright so who's ready with a general overview of your thoughts on the movie I figure we'll each uh talk about it and then we'll dive into more key aspects
2: of the film anybody want to go first I can go first alright go for it so um I think of the three of us I was probably I don't want to say that my expectations were the least tempered but I don't know Batman as well as you guys do I don't know the source material as well as you guys do uh, but for me, um, you know, for somebody like me who's not as well versed with the comics, uh, I thought this movie was just fantastic. It took a really dark tone, uh, which is, you know, I mean, you can tell that from the previews, but um, it was definitely it sets itself apart from the other Batman movies really well. Um, you know, there there wasn't there was really that i recall there was only really one point of quote-unquote comic relief in the movie but i don't think it needed it um I, i thought the uh the tone was great the story was was excellent you got a lot of really good detective work a lot of really good crime drama type work in it um while still being a superhero movie so yeah i thought it was excellent
1: yeah i would agree with that um Building off the comedy, the comic relief parts, you're right. uh, I counted at least two. Uh, I think some of that we get from almost like a buddy cop uh, relationship between Batman and Jim Gordon, uh, which is fun. Um, But you're right. There is this kind of interesting story-wise. It's almost kind of like a police procedural at points, right? But then it's still very much superhero action movie uh, thriller. And there's even some some horror aspects in the movie, um, which, after watching it, I was kind of surprised that it still was PG-13. I felt like it could have pushed that envelope and very easily gone to the R uh, side of the rating. Uh, But, I mean, everything about the movie was incredibly well done. Matt Reeves' directing was uh, phenomenal. The cinematography was incredible. Uh, The music, Michael Giacchino, just really... I think he just lit, lit his tools on fire, and he's in almost as well as Robert Pattinson. And uh, not to even mention Zoe Kravitz, who uh, is absolutely named a thief because she steals every scene she's in. Like, I couldn't take my eyes off of her. She just commanded the scene so well. So uh, the acting there was incredible, and the setting really came alive. You know, I felt like Gotham City itself was its own character in this movie. Uh, you you kind of felt like you were there, and it was awful. Like the place sucks, right? Like it's rain it's raining all <laughs> yeah. the time. Terrible things are happening, and you're just like, "Yeah, man, this place this place is awful." But yeah. still, is it ever
2: morning in Gotham City?
1: <laughs> uh, the answer to that is yes, but not till the end of the movie.
2: <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's
1: true. Uh, I did think it was really cool how the movie showcased and. You know, I think Batman Begins tried to do this, uh, but I think this movie did very well. They show Bruce weaponizing fear. Like, he is actually very successful in turning that fear into a weapon uh, to the criminals of Gotham, uh, which was really cool. I mean, there's a lot of ways I could dive into that, but it would ruin a lot of stuff. So, I will digress. Um, The movie, I think, over-delivered. It it surpassed my expectations. So, what do you think,
0: John? Yeah, I mean, uh, you touched on the music already, but uh, that's one of my favorite parts of the whole thing, which is weird to say, um, but the the music really sets the tone. Um, every scene uh, that you walk into or Batman walks into, you, I mean, you know he's coming, you know, I mean, it just gives you chills um, at certain points just because you know the music is hyping you for it. And uh, it was just really well done. Um, your side characters did a great job. I love the Riddler. Um, uh, I, I mean, as everyone should know by now, he's one of the main villains in the in the movie. Um, and like you said before, like they did push that envelope for Radar. I mean, the way all of a sudden you see the Riddler stretching out duct tape to yeah. to take—I'm like, <laughs> you can yeah. go a lot of different places with that, you know. And uh, the way he left some of the victims—it's just—it's it, crazy because you are looking at a victim. Uh, at a crime scene and uh yeah. it's a little it's a little um unnerving in some cases you know so uh yeah i mean it was uh, a really well done um like you said almost like a police procedural um going through the crime scene checking things out um and you got to see that relationship forming with jim gordon and batman uh it's still pretty fresh i mean um for everybody that doesn't know i mean i we, i think we, it's safe to say that we're past it with like a year two that's already kind of been announced you know so their their relationship is still fresh and they're like kind of getting through it so um uh i love to see the back and forth with them and how they um like like it was a buddy cop you know like jim gets them out of a couple couple um situations uh and it uh it, it is kind of that comedy relief a little bit yeah um but also batman is there to um really press the uh as we'll call it, the truth of the issues.
1: Yeah, actually, now that I'm waking up and really thinking about thinking about Jim and Batman, uh, one thing that becomes very clear is that they have a very trusting relationship already uh, in the movie. Yes. It's pretty clear this is Batman's second year into his crime fighting career, uh, and him and Jim have really formed a working uh, relationship built on a lot of trust so they don't really dive into why that trust is there already but it certainly is there um other than that i just thought of like a third comedic relief moment with those two uh so they actually deliver quite a few um kind of tension relieving moments that are great but they last for like <clears throat> half a second because this movie the stakes in this movie are always so high uh, and each scene has a lot of gravitas. us so um uh, it's not like you're not going to sit here and just laugh, but you will chuckle and then things get back to serious. Like John touched on it briefly. I think I like the Riddler in this movie. Uh, it's going to be hard to say this because I'm still riding high on having seen the film, but I think I like him as much as I liked Heath Ledger's Joker. Like it's I a, agree with that. I was sitting there and I was just kind of struggling with it. I was like, do I like him better? And the answer isn't yes. It's just that this Batman villain is so different because we've never seen a Batman villain who is a serial killer, right? It, it's like it's, it's a psychological thriller whenever he's on screen. Um, when you first see him and, and he commits the first murder to set this whole thing off, um, you see him go through something that he doesn't do for the rest of the film, um, which is interesting. It was really interesting to me in hindsight when I thought about it. But this Riddler is, you know, Paul Dano did a phenomenal job acting this Riddler out because you believed him 100%, and he was one part Zodiac Killer, one part Jigsaw from the Saw franchise, and one part classic Riddler. He was still there with with his riddles and uh, was there very much to taunt Batman. So I I was just really impressed with how Matt Reeves and his co-writer, really develop this character into something that was just so absolutely menacing, but somehow real, like you could almost believe that this person could exist in the real world.
2: One thing that stuck out at me in regards to the Riddler is I kept, while we were watching the movie, I kept thinking, you know, with a lot of the the Riddler scenes and especially with the interactions between him and Batman um, and things like that, I kept getting Silence of the Lambs vibes and that is just a super high mark to live up to. And, um, I mean, it it was, you know, there was, there was one, one part in particular that, that I like, while I'm watching, I'm kind of like, I kind of caught myself shaking because it's like this, this really reminds me of, you know, reminded me a little bit of Hannibal Lecter and, uh, this is like, oh wow, this is uh, really impressive, and and yeah, Paul Dano knocked it out of the park with the Riddler. Like, I I would be surprised if that dude can go get coffee in Hollywood without people looking at him side eyed. Like, is he gonna kill us?
1: Yeah, for real. I actually put up uh, a tweet that said Paul Dano should be killing it on cameo right now, <laughs> just doing yeah, just awesome cameos. That would be I, the guy would be booked all day, could charge hundreds of dollars, no problem, and people would go for it. So. Um, let's talk about Robert Pattinson as one is Bruce and then as Batman. Um, I found myself, and I know upon a rewatch, I might catch this way more. The guy stands there with his mouth open a lot. uh, And I don't know if that bothered me as much, but uh, that was the one thing I noticed. But uh, I think he really nailed being Batman. Like he had this off put, like, you know, he was the guy who clearly is not normal, right? I mean, for God's yeah. sake, he's standing there in a bad suit in, the, in a room full of cops and is just, you know, like, cool with that. Um, but he really, I think he delivered being Batman very, very well. His Bruce Wayne, I think just, he just stood there and was like this emotionally damaged person the whole time. So when you're looking at him, you're just kind of like, dude, you're not okay like, and that's clear, just looking at you, like, he didn't have the mascara on, or the guyline, or whatever the eye makeup on all the time, but he might as well have, right, like, he always just seems so sullen, um, and I think he nailed that, uh, even so much so in parts where he was, like, borderline sociopath, like, he almost shows no regard until the moments where he does start to, like, spark that empathy, right, when he when he sees things and you see that come through a little bit. So uh, one of the criticisms I saw online was that he was emotionless. And I think I highly disagree with that. He was just very focused and damaged. And then as the movie progresses, you see a little bit of that emotion start to come through.
2: That's true. He, I think when you and I were talking after the movie, I think, I think I, the wording I used was, I felt like he was wooden at times um Mm -hmm. looking back on it and and kind of analyzing over the past few days i I agree with your take i think that's the point of the character uh from a bruce wayne standpoint you know his his job in this movie was to portray a younger bruce you know it's like year one year two he's not going to be as polished and as put together you know you don't have that that playboy side uh, and I don't think that Robert Pattinson's, Robert Pattinson's Bruce could do the Playboy side. Um, I think he was there and he did exactly what he needed to do on this movie.
1: Oh, I think he did exactly what he was directed to do, too. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, overall, uh, I don't know. It's really tough to say this, but as far as the pairing for Batman and Bruce Wayne... I mean, I'm going to rewatch it obviously, but on first take, he might be my favorite pair. Um,
1: Oh, to pull off both aspects, huh?
0: To pull up both aspects of the role. I mean, this is a, a way different Bruce than we've ever gotten before. So I think that led leads into it a little bit. It is definitely more the, uh, the grittier Bruce Wayne that, you know, he really is a shut in. Like he's not the playboy, um, philanthropists always out everywhere. Um, which is a different take on batman than we've seen on the screen before so um I, and, I, and i really enjoy it so um uh, and uh as far as the batman goes which he, i think i mean you guys are gonna have to correct me if i'm wrong but i mean he wasn't he was batman more than he was bruce and that's kind of the first time we've seen that um in a batman film like uh the like first one of the trilogy or anything like that um in a while. Cause obviously Christian Bale was Bruce Wayne for a lot of, uh, Batman begins. So our <laughs> Christian Bale was Bruce Wayne for a lot of Batman begins. So
1: yeah, he, uh, actually for the majority of Batman begins, he is Bruce Wayne. I think it's yeah. a little flipped. I think you're right. Uh, you do see plenty of Bruce Wayne. He is in this movie quite a bit. Um, uh, but Batman, I think beats him in screen time and thank God. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
0: And, and, and and when when he walked into the room, you got that intimidation. You got the, um, which I you know a lot of fans were all worried about uh, Twilight Boy taking over Batman. You know, <laughs> um, but Pattinson's a good actor. I, I mean, if you see him in his other roles, he's a good actor. So uh, I was not as worried about that kind of stuff. But when he walks in the room, there is an intimidation factor, and uh, you need to feel that when Batman walks in. So and uh, but there's still that very serious. He's there to help, but. Also, it's, I mean, a serious situation usually, so.
1: Yeah, you mentioned, like, you know when he's coming, which is, as far as Batman goes, usually Batman's like stealthy ninja, kind of. Like, if he wants to be there, he's there. If he wants to be gone, nobody notices, he's gone, Uh, which he does do that, actually, in this movie. But for a lot of this movie, Batman announces his entry into a room. You hear his boots just pounding on the ground as he's walking in. And it's very measured and it's very much a uh, great job in sound in this movie, which so much of this movie was so well done with sound. But Batman just kind of crunching into the scene, you know, just marching through the darkness towards the limelight uh, of the scene was really cool because you're right. You became intimidated before you ever even saw him, uh, which was huge. It was Really necessary, and also it was kind of like, a, oh, here he comes! Oh, oh, you're waiting! Oh, here he comes! Like as as an audience member, it was really cool because it just built the anticipation and excitement for the scene.
0: And in some cases, you don't know when he's going to pop on the screen. Like you know he's coming, but you don't know where it's going to be. So it's Dude, it it, it, uh, it keeps you on the edge of your seat a little bit.
1: There was this movie, I swear, blends genres because I I said it was a thriller, psychological thriller, and part aspects of horror there are some scenes where you're watching this movie where I'm actually afraid of Batman like I don't know where he's coming from he's he's almost like this like ghost in the darkness that's rages his pounce uh and it's really cool the way that Matt Matt Reeves pulled that off because I don't think truthfully anybody's ever been afraid of Batman I think the closest we got was maybe to a couple of scenes in Batman Begins um, which, by the way, the, the Nolan trilogy is incredible. And I'm not really trying to compare this movie to it because this movie is a whole different animal. Um, but I would say this movie accomplishes a lot of things that the prior movies all kind of wish they could have done.
0: Yep. No, no. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's just, it, but it's different, you know? And like you said, like we're going to compare it all day just because we're fans of Batman and. Um, what came before is still, I mean, we've seen those movies 10, 15, 30 times, you know, versus, Absolutely. um, this new one that we just saw, um, the first time. And, um, I think it's just, it's just uh, normal to compare it to, to old stuff, but, uh, man, it's it really said, so set, it, it sets stuff apart though. Like it's, it's completely different.
1: It's a league. And so, yeah. you know how this movie is as different from the previous Batman movies, as the Batman Arkham games were different from the previous Batman games. Like it's much darker. It's very, you know, detective based, like it's it just, just miles apart and somehow just so, just so much better.
2: That's true. That's true. The, the closest movie comparison, obviously between this movie and the other Batman movies is clearly the Nolan trilogy for a lot of different reasons. excuse me but um but it does set itself apart on its own just with that with that darker tonality um you know with they never really you know with with bruce you know with robert pattinson's bruce he never really comes off of that brooding you know whatever you want to call it He, he doesn't come off of that it's the the tone of the whole movie which if you're gonna do a world's greatest detective batman movie like they did this is exactly how you should do it because you know from an audience standpoint it keeps your attention and you you don't want to get up because you're not sure what you're going to miss um Um, just like you said with the sounds you know batman's coming but you don't know where he's coming or when he's coming you can't take your eye off the screen because if you do you don't know what you're going to miss and it might be real important a half hour later
1: That's true. The mystery, um, one of my favorite types of films are usually like that detective guy catch the killer, um, kind of movie. Um, I'm thinking right now of like an Alex cross type movie or, um, seven. A lot of people have compared a lot of this movie style, uh, similar to David Fincher's seven. Um, and it's, there are a lot of favorable comparisons to that. Uh, but this movie while being a superhero film already had my attention, but it also was the "let's catch the serial killer and solve the mystery" type of film, um, and it's it just did it so well, uh, so much so that now I'm thinking of going back and finding more of Matt Reeves' movies and seeing if any of them are like that, so I can enjoy those as well. Uh, but this movie, you're right, it did not. Even though it was 176 minutes long, it did not waste any scenes. Like, I felt like everything there um, was very necessary to tell a good cinematic story, uh, and everything was important for the overall structure of the story as well. Um, so I was very pleased with that. I was also really just, again, Riddler's overall plan is very impressive. And the way it works throughout the whole movie, why each part of it is necessary, I was sitting there kind of thinking... You know, there's a lot of parts in this movie where Riddler could just go kill somebody, and that would be it; it would be done, but it would wouldn't serve the the plot or the whole purpose of these murders and, and the mystery he sets up. There is a a grand purpose behind it uh, that's actually kind of believable. Uh, so it, yeah,
2: as yeah, I agree. As that unfolded, it it got more and more. You know, th- there was a lot more light bulb moments, I guess you could say. Yes. And, um, you know, believability wise. Yeah, that was that was one thing I was going to bring up is as as it progressed and as you got toward the uh, the climax of the plan and the climax of the movie, he, you know, I, th- I think we can all agree we were sitting there as like, this is uh, almost too believable in some ways. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There were some some real, real world scary aspects that were brought into it. Um Yeah. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but you you sit there and you believe you're like, yeah, they could actually do that today. Like, I could see yeah. that happening. That's enough.
2: You took, a, you took a character that borderlined on the ridiculous and made it completely you know, if, if you told me that was a real world story, not like, you know, gave me the recap, I could almost sit there and think, yeah, that could happen, unfortunately.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah. Ugh. All right, so let's not dwell on that too much because, God forbid. Yeah. Um, But I was thinking, you know, in in lines with the villain of the story, right, you've got Riddler, and he is the main antagonist of the film. But sometimes you forgot that in this movie, and that's how good the side characters are, right? Um, Like John Turturro's Carmine Falcone is, when he's on screen, you instantly just, you're only focused on him. Right, he pulls off yeah. that, that slimy that I am the bad guy uh, so well that y- you forget. Oh wait, there's an overarching plot here. Um, you're not the main bad guy, but that's how good each of these side characters are. That in the scenes that they're in, they own that scene. You know, like I said, Colin Farrell's Penguin. You know, in those moments, he's the only villain you're focused on. When Selena Kyle is on screen she's the only character that you focus on, right? Well, except for her interactions with Batman, because that's just entertaining as all hell anyway. But even Andy Serkis as Alfred, um, he pulled a very good, I think, adaptation of the various type of Alfreds that we have seen in Batman comics. I think most of him is based on the Batman Earth One Alfred uh, which is a story by Jeff Johns. Um, and it's an Alfred who has you know a fighting pass, and he's the one who trains Batman to fight. And I think that's kind of the Alfred we got in this movie, uh, and he did an incredible job delivering that. Um, I can't say enough how great Jeffrey Wright was as as Jim Gordon. Um,
2: yeah, he killed it. Crushed
1: what I it. what I really want to see, and I've heard um, some rumorings. That HBO Max is going to have some spin off series from this, much the way Peacemaker got one from Suicide Squad. One of them will be an Arkham adaptation or a show, which I'm terrified to see that given the the people that that you meet in Arkham in this film. Yeah. And then I really, really, really am hoping for like a, a Gotham Central. Like, I I want to see the police department function under Jeffrey Wright as Jim Gordon. That would be so good because he killed that that role. Jeffrey Wright just was wonderful. Um, Like, he commands the police without actually being the commissioner in this movie. Like, everyone respects him, and that's great. He gives off the vibe that he has really been a beat cop in Gotham for a long time. And has earned all of the respect that he gets uh, and knows Gotham like it's like it's a part of him. Uh, so it was really cool to see him even what's her name? Annie? Annika? Oh the, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, the
2: the yeah. yeah. Selena's friend.
1: Selena's Annika, friend, yeah. yeah. Um just seeing her really reminded me that this is a celine a Selena that is pretty much a Batman year one. Adaptation right like she's She's kind of on the streets Like she's kind of in the criminal element But she's still a good person um, And she really cares About her friends and that Transitioned over into this particular Movie uh, I don't I could go on ad nauseum About Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle <laughs> I think That she just really killed it um, She's Probably like I'm sorry Michelle Pfeiffer has been dethroned uh, as my favorite Catwoman, just because Zoe Kravitz is, she nails that that feminine approach, right? Like she's not too hardcore. Like you're not like, wow, that's that's a a man out there or anything like that. But she's very physical uh, in the scenes that she's fighting. You are scared of her. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's some scenes where whoever she was fighting is now eating all of their food through a straw for the rest of their life. <laughs> Or um, maybe she's in a wheelchair or dead. Uh, but she is very physical. Um, she attacked like a predator cat. You know, like, she went for the throat every time that a fight went down. Uh, and it was still very cool to watch. She still really worked the bullwhip, you know, the trademark weapon of the character. And somehow she still made it new and her own. Like, you felt like you'd never seen a Catwoman like this before but she still felt very familiar. So it was very cool to see Zoe Kravitz just
2: own that role. Yeah, she was great in that. The action between the, you know, the the woman and the predator, you know, just damaging people when she fights, that action was so seamless too. Oh yeah. There was no, you know, there, there was no wind up. There was no nothing like that. It was almost as if, you know, this is just naturally what I do and this is what it is and this is, you know, a result of, of my upbringing and a result of the environment that I've been in, which you learn about. Um, I, I thought she did a great job. Zoe Kravitz does a great job in just about everything she does. Um, you know, as it is, um, I think about her character in X-Men First Class uh, and the way she portrayed that. She does this kind of action type, I don't want to say action star, but let's use action star. She does this really well. And this is no exception. Uh, I'm with you, Brandon. She's uh best Catwoman so far that we've seen on screen. Uh, love Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, but, uh, you know, she had a great run, you know, 30 years is pretty good, but I think it's time That's to really pass the torch to somebody else.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure she'd be fine with that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, the scene, just the fight scenes. Everything, you know, it all comes together just so well. Like a lot of movies that you have seen, especially superhero movies, there's usually that moment where you say, This was the best part of the movie, the acting, the characters, the music, the you know, something is lacking, right? But in this movie, I'm sitting here going, What what could they have done? What could they have done to make this better? And I'm really at a loss for an idea.
0: I mean, it was an entertaining movie the whole time, and I think that right like when you're when you're walking out of a theater after spending three hours in it, if you're not at a point where you're like, "Oh yeah, I'd go see that again," oh yeah, um, the movie the movie the movie is messed up <laughs> like um, in some way. Like there's too many there'd be too many flaws that because um, you should still want to see the movie again. There should be a rewatchability um so I, it was a very entertaining movie um nonstop. uh like eric said you're not going to want to get out of your seat um and uh everything just everything just works well together um yeah there's are those critiques that we're already seeing online and you're thinking back to it and you're like yeah maybe a little better but if that's what we're complaining about right now then we we're, we're really, yeah, we're really lucky yeah right we're yeah. doing fine <laughs> yeah as
1: we were walking out of the theater if they would have just hit the replay button and watch again i would have turned right back around and sat back down in my seat for another 3 hour run i really would have uh it was it was that exciting um i'm still just at a loss for how well they portrayed everything in the movie, especially when it came to Batman, right? So Batman needs to be really, really well explored if the name of the movie is the Batman. And I think that Matt Reeves really is successful at that, uh, and Robert Pattinson as well for for portraying this character. But One of the things I thought was really cool is that you got to see that this is still a pretty young Bruce in his career as Batman. Uh, I know we're in his second year of it, but he is a really good detective. He's seeing things that other people should see uh, and, and taking note of them. But he's also um, not as experienced as he needs to be, right? Like some of the clues in this movie, in this mystery, are given to him because they're everyday normal people kind of things. And this is a point mm-hmm. where you get to see that Bruce Wayne – is not connected to the real world. He is unaware of how the normal person is living their life because some things that should be secondhand to everyone else completely evade him. Like he he is completely unaware. And I thought that that was really good in this movie that they conveyed that. Like Bruce Wayne would not be connected to normal things that you know you would assume anyone would pick up because it's just not the life he's lived
2: this movie to me showed that he um that bruce wayne and batman they have all the tools you you see a lot of you see a lot of the tech and stuff um you know even from the very beginning of the movie you see quite a bit of the tech that batman uses to be that world's greatest detective yeah um you see that he has the tools he's just not mentally ready to use them maybe the way that he needs to he you know and that comes with experience. Um, you can tell that he, he's younger. Um, I was just thinking about this. I think this Batman movie, of all the Batman movies that we've had, we get more Batman in this movie than I think we do in any other one. Um, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I really do think we we get a lot more depth of character in this in this show. Um, but you're right. It you know it shows his inexperience, and uh, he'll grow into it. But he's still kind of learning his role in all this and learning how to use everything to his advantage that's
1: true he definitely is and you know when you see this movie you you instantly think from the jump that this is a very low-tech batman right like you're not going like for whatever reason you believe that this is a very grounded world and there's no lucius fox or anything like that but then pretty quickly you see he does still have some really cool tech um, yeah.
0: He's, he's, he pulled a lot of stuff out. That's cool to see. He really did. And it, it was cool.
1: You're right. Um, one of the things I thought was very interesting that they try and show you in this movie is that he's also very much learning from his experiences uh, as he's recording everything. You know, he runs like a, like a Bruce's war on crime journal. All right? And he, he almost sounds kind of like Rorschach from Watchmen in the way that he narrates his own story in the beginning, uh, and he's he's journaling everything that he's doing and wondering at his effectiveness or how to be most effective. And I swear at any moment I was ready for him to say, you know, and they'll look up and shout, save me, and I'll say no. Like just that, that classic Rorschach quote from Watchmen. I was almost like expected to hear it. Um I was pleased I didn't. but I thought that that was a really interesting framing device to start off by. You know, real quick in this movie, you have to be jumped up to speed with what Batman's doing and where he's at with it and having him narrate his journal or, you know, document what he's been doing so far and then reading it to the audience kind of is a great way to do that because instantly you get right in Bruce's head. You, you kind of get caught up to speed with where he's at in his career and then you understand what his motives are for it. So I thought that that was a really cool way to do it, even though, like I said, it really reminded me of Rorschach's journal in Watchmen.
0: It is really cool to see in the beginning, like you said, of narrating that. And it's also, you get caught up right away. He's still a little bit questioning if what he's doing is even working. Right. Um, So it's it's, it's really cool to to kind of get right into his head right away. And... uh, it puts you right in his mood, you know, like he's almost depressed that he's still doing this because he doesn't know if it's working. That's true. He is questioning
1: his own effectiveness, which is, you know, it's, it's what would naturally happen, right? I mean, you're out there all night, every night putting yourself in harm's way. You're like, is this even making a difference? And so, you know, that's a really good question. Another one of the things that I thought this movie did very well was they point out very clearly, at least twice there are different ways that Bruce Wayne could be helping the city. But because he is so focused on this particular way of doing it, he is complete, like he has blinders on to the other ways that Bruce Wayne could be effective. Uh, and I think the movie points that out very well. Uh, and it's actually <clears throat> pretty central to the plot, right?
2: Yeah, it is. And and it's actually pointed out in the movie that this isn't the philanthropist Bruce Wayne that you might be used to. There's a point. There's a, a comment that's made uh, in the movie, and and I thought that was interesting because that's you know that's just something that, that's real subtle, and you know you may or may not pick it up, but but when you do it, you realize it sets this character apart from what you might be used to. I mean this this Bruce is not bringing models to a hotel and then buying the hotel because he doesn't like the way the guy's treating his guests. Yeah um,
0: he's you know, more likely that
1: dude. To, he's more likely to blow up the hotel because he thinks they're selling drugs out of the back. Like he I Or mean,
2: snap the server's neck. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Stab somebody with a souffle fork because you know what? They made the wrong choices. Real quick, let's talk about uh the two other characters in this movie that did not have speaking roles, although you heard really heard the one. <laughs> Uh, and that's the Batmobile and the, the Batman cycle, the motor, motorcycle, I don't know what to call it, but Batman spent a lot of time in vehicles in this movie, which was really cool. Um, I feel like he spent more time on a motorcycle in the rain than I think we've ever seen a Batman character
0: do before. I think He enjoyed that, that, that motorcycle a lot. He like, really yes, did. He did.
1: He had, and there were multiple motorcycles. There was more than one. Which was I mean,
2: yeah, it was cool. yeah. I noticed that the one uh, later in the movie was not the same as the first one. So he is he's definitely an aficionado of the two wheels.
0: Yeah, the guy can run a motorbike. I'll tell you that. Um, which, which which is crazy. It's a good it's a good callback. I mean, I know it's obviously in comics and everything like that too. But as far as movies go, like it's uh, very interesting because you see in uh, like Batman Forever, like he's got the whole the whole shop full of motorcycles that i mean dick takes out for a joyride you know so um oh yeah it, it's kind of crazy
2: well I like, I like the one that he wrote in the very beginning that is that's clearly an old school bike that's like a 70s or an 80s bike it, you can tell it's it's probably one he's been fixing up since he was a kid yeah and i, I kind of like that touch i mean you get the more modern ones a little bit later but uh but, yeah, having, having him ride around on, you know, some people might look at it and be like, oh, that's a cheap bike. Or, you know, somebody who knows might think, oh, that's, you know, kind of a vintage motorcycle. I, I thought that was a cool touch.
1: Yeah, I did, too. Um, I thought it was cool that they spent so much time with him on a motorcycle because it really felt like Batman Zero Year uh, from Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Uh, when Batman's chief mode of transportation in this, uh, in that particular storyline, is via motorcycle, Uh, In that storyline, Batman's also fighting in a Gotham that's been completely overthrown by Riddler. Uh, So that was a great callback. The movie touched on a ton of classic Batman stories from the last almost 40 years. Uh, Chiefly, you know, you went to the movie theater and they handed out a special edition of Batman The Long Halloween, which is clearly where this movie draws most of its inspiration. Uh, with characters like Carmen Falcone, um, it just Batman's kind of still new to this and working out um, fighting a villain with Jim Gordon. Um, there was no Two Face in this movie, so of course that character's omitted. But the way that Batman experiences a large part of his rogues gallery while trying to solve this this riddle, for lack of a better term, uh, it was very much like the long Halloween. We also get other classic stories, Brian, like where already talked about Batman Year One is clearly touched upon in the way that Selina Kyle is portrayed. We talk about, you know, Riddler himself um, tells a story that really, I mean, even on screen you see the word hush, right? So it's like the hush storyline from 2003, 2004, uh, written by Jeff Loeb, who also wrote Batman The Long Halloween. You know, you get aspects of dark victory in here as well, which was the sequel to Long Halloween by Jeff Loeb uh, and Tim Sale, of course. Uh, and you, I mean, they, they even touch on No Man's Land, which is incredible, right? Like, you, you just get to see these aspects and, and how that plays out. How they really synthesize all of these classic Batman stories into this whole brand new narrative, uh, which was just perfect. It was so well done. Um, and then, of course, we talked about the Bat Cycle Let's talk about that Batmobile. I mean, that that was, I think, one of the aspects in before the movie, like when you saw the trailer, I was just kind of like, I don't know, man, like, is this Batmobile cool? And I, I, th- I think that's not even a question anymore. Like, I know, John, you wanted to talk about the Batmobile. So go ahead.
0: Do you think they put a big enough engine on it? <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: I'm wondering what that <sighs> chassis was reinforced with, because <laughs> Dude, that's, that's holding together. Hold together. it had to be just like adamantium under there because there's no way
0: i mean <clears throat> it's be crazy and what i liked most about this batmobile was i mean it was it definitely was a car at some point you know oh, yeah. it was oh, yeah. a, a car it wasn't uh a, a military grade tumbler <laughs> like uh this this was a this was a car uh it was very much that classic batman uh batmobile so um yeah, I mean, he. It was very well modded, but it was it was, it started off as a actual vehicle. Yeah.
2: I think it ties in a little bit with what we were talking about, just with the bat cycle. With that, you know, the first one being kind of the old school bike. You know, you you get a little bit of buildup toward the car because you see, you know, they pan over to that table with all the engine parts, the exhaust manifolds, and the bolts and everything sitting over there, and you kind of get the idea. Okay, he's he's been tinkering with something. And then, when the first time you see that car, like, I mean, I was, I was like stopped in my tracks. Like, every thought I had in my head went away. You hear that engine rev up. It's like, oh, this is badass. And then it comes out and you're like, yep, yep. Okay, that's what he's been working on.
1: Oh, it was really cool. Because in the theater, you know, like, again, IMAX sounds. So when you hear the Batmobile for the first time, you feel it. Like, you felt it in your chest and you're like, oh boy. We're going on a ride, and as soon as, like, the whole, the car chase scene, right, like, you've seen a part of it in the trailer, but it doesn't do it justice, because you're watching it, and it's so well, the cinematography in it is so good, like, you feel like you might be in one of the cars that's about to be exploded around this particular chase, like, you just feel very much in it, which was cool, but that car, man, it's, it's a hot rod, it's somehow still a tank, um, I don't know how they pull that off. But it was—it's all awesome. Like it's—it's it's the. It fulfills the the high calling of what a car needs to be to be a Batmobile, and you're right. I don't know how with gas prices these days. I think it took half of his fortune just just to drive in that scene. Um, <laughs> but it man is
2: cool. It's the tumbler without being a multi-million-dollar vehicle.
1: Yeah, I mean, it didn't have missiles and and bat hooks and all that stuff to shoot from it. That you saw. Yeah, although if it it did, I would not have been surprised. You know, it it didn't have the the Gatling guns on the hood the way, you know, Batflix, uh, Batmobile had in Justice League and and all that. Um, But man, that thing. Like, I 100% believe Batman would have no problem just running people over in that thing. He would just, you know... (laughs) bounce him off the hood and be like, you made poor choices as a criminal. Like it just, it was crazy. But also the way he drove it, um, pointed to the fact that, you know, Batman says it once in this movie and you 100% believe it. Yeah, man, I don't care if I die. Like I I do not care, but I do care if other people die. So, um, the way that, he, although apparently not other people on the road, Uh, because the way he was, he was driving fast and taking chances and, uh, really just plowing through everything that got in his way. So that was, that was fun. That was fun. I feel bad for anybody who had to sit in that traffic jam after that, uh, massive explosion with a tanker and all sorts of stuff, which was (laughs) cool to watch. But if I live in Gotham, I'm trying to find, um, time to move ASAP because the commute to work must be hell. Uh, it's always raining. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, so the way Gotham was portrayed, yeah.
2: yeah. The way Gotham was portrayed, I figure, you know, he probably thinks that if he does run over 10 civilians, 5 of them were bad, so it even's out.
1: <laughs> that is that was that's, you know, true. It's like, uh, they probably had a bag of weed on them, they deserve that, <laughs> that crippling medical bills. <laughs> Half the people in Gotham have to turn to crime to pay for their hospital bills. (laughs) Like it's, it's rough. Um, all right. So I think that's going to do it for us. I I think we should do a quick wrap up. Uh, for me, I'm going to say, uh, go see this movie. This is a movie you want to see in theaters. Um, it's a movie that I almost feel like it's kind of a cultural moment, right? Like this is a huge moment in pop culture. Uh, so you definitely will be a part of it and go see this movie and form your own opinions about it.
0: Yeah, I would. I would. Uh, i agree. Uh, must watch um, in theater. Like you need that sound. You need that definitely in theater. Uh, immersive experience as much as possible, and you won't get that quite the same at home for um, a majority of the population. I'll say, right. um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, must must see in theater for sure
2: i would agree with that um john you hit the nail on the head with the theater the the sound the music the music the sounds everything everything works together to create a very 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 good detective movie if you like superhero movies you got to go see this movie if you like detective movies you've got to go see this movie you know even if you don't like superhero movies but you like crime dramas this is a movie that you will enjoy um you don't take your kids. Leave your kids at home. Yeah. You don't need to come.
1: I actually but was anyone else surprised that they have all these action figures and stuff for this movie? Because this is not a, a movie I would like. My kids aren't going to go see this. You know, I like money years, talks. Yeah. The action
2: figures know. are for guys like Jedi John. <laughs> that,
1: that is true. I was at Target yesterday. I was holding a Batmobile in my hand. I was like, am I going to pay for this? Am I going to buy this thing that just to have it? I,
2: I'll look think- forward to seeing it next time I'm at your house. <laughs> okay.
1: All right, guys. Well, thank you very much. Um, I look forward to doing a re-watch, a rewatch of the movie, if I can speak, and, uh, you know, talking about the movie further. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Any uh, final words, Jedi John?
0: No, I got nothing.
1: All right, there you go. First time I left you Which, is, which is new. Yeah, that's that's new.
0: New. <laughs>
1: uh, Laser air last words, sir.
2: Nope. Nope. I think, I think we've said it all in regards to the Batman. Go see it. And in the meantime, cheers. And cheers.
1: Everybody have a good morning
2: and uh, I will talk to you all later.